This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is your invitation to plug into a lineup of Lexus electrified vehicles built at the intersection of performance and design with a range of options to fit any lifestyle. A feeling this electric is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the elevation of electrification and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Inventory may vary by dealer. Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Espo, Gerald Borgay, and Saul Bookman. Happy Tuesday, y'all. How you doing? Did you have a nice day off? Excited. I'm very excited. Yeah. Big news <laughs> Tuesday. Wait, what happened? What did I miss? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Guys, it's Let's official. Kevin it. Durant is playing tomorrow. Oh, Let's go. <laughs> it seems like it's been months since this trade went down and we've had to wait for this it's moment. Been 89 years. <laughs> I know, right? It feels it feels like it. It genuinely does, but it's exciting, an exciting time to be a Suns fan and uh I'm just really looking forward to this. We finally made it to this point in the season where we get to watch KD suit up and play with the Suns. And uh, I know we've talked a lot about what it's going to look like. We're not the only ones who have been asking that question. Chris Paul also asked that question. He said, everybody's probably like, ooh, what are they going to do? What's it going to look like? Shit, we're trying to figure it out too. (laughs) Chris Paul feels the same way that we all feel. But you know what? Our very own Gerald Borgay tried to paint the picture for us as best as possible. So let's talk about it. How does Kevin Durant's offense fit with the Suns? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing and the entry point to this conversation is obviously he's one of the most adaptable superstars that the NBA has ever seen. Um, You know, you look around the league now and yes, there are guys that are extremely talented that you can win a championship with, but certain guys you have to build around a certain type of way, like Giannis or um, Luca, you have to tailor your roster to their strengths and weaknesses. And with Kevin Durant, he's a guy that you can play him on the ball. You can play him off the ball. He helps you defensively. Um, You can run sets with him. You can just give him the ball and clear out. Like he can do a little bit of everything to make you a better team. Um, So that's kind of fascinating to me because the Suns, you know, their offensive rating is what it is because of all the injuries they've had this year. But the last two years, they've been top seven in offensive rating. So they're putting one of the greatest scorers of all time into an offense that was already fantastic just by design. Um, And so there's an interesting balance there of where he can fit in and also maybe being a little less rigid and, and letting him free form a little bit because that's one of the best things that he does. Um, but I am curious, just off the top, like 
replacing Mikhail Bridges with Kevin Durant automatically makes these sets a lot more dangerous. Well, makes them a lot more interesting <laughs> and a lot more consistent. Look, I love what Mikhail was doing at the end there, but Kevin Durant's going to come in, and you, you said it. He fits in pretty much anywhere offensively, but in particular what he does fits exactly with what the Suns love to do. This is a team predicated on the mid-range, like we've talked about. We kid that they're the mid-range assassins. You know, like, to me, that's what is so intriguing by this, is he almost seamlessly slides in. You can run a lot of those same plays you were already running and get great mid-range shots for him. Plus, he's not afraid to shoot from uh, from beyond the arc. You talked about that he can do it on the ball too. I'm not concerned. There's a lot of guys you could have brought in and I'd be like, how is this all going to work? How is this going to make sense? This almost makes too much sense when you think about it. It almost feels like, will this be too easy uh, in terms of assimilating him into this? And it, it probably won't, but it feels like of any transition mid-season with a superstar – this is probably the path of least resistance. I mean, I get it. Wouldn't you say that this is one of, like, you talked about his ability to adapt, but wouldn't you say this is probably the team that fits him best that he's been on yeah. as it as it is currently constructed and, and all of their dynamics? Yeah, and then you you know Monty's going to throw in a couple wrinkles here, here and there for KD as well. Like, they have so many sets with so many different options. Their versatility um is is not really matched by a lot of teams in the nba and that's what makes this a complex um but b that's why kd is such a great fit because he literally can fit in to every single set at any given point in time and uh as gerald would say there's levels to this you know and and i think what he's going to do is he's going to provide strength when there is weakness there if they're not getting enough low post play they're not pounding it down low in the paint throw it down to kd if they're not getting enough from the perimeter, well, guess what? You're going to run sets, free up KD on the perimeter. Like, he's almost the most unguardable guy we've seen in this in this game because of his height, because of his length, because of his shooting ability, because of his ball handling ability. He's just such a unicorn that he's going to be able to fit at any point in time with this system. So I'm excited. I am so excited to watch these guys play. I don't feel like it's going to be ugly. There might be some sticking points, but mm. I just think he's just such a great player. It's going to look easy. Right. And and I think Monty, you know, he mentioned that they don't want to inundate him with a bunch of plays right off the top. They kind of want to just, you know, work him in and let him do his thing a little bit. But you know that over the All-Star break, like he was talking about how much KD was trying to absorb so that he could get everything down. Um, and I'm fascinated to see him kind of in McHale's spot which became, which, you know, he was filling Booker spot for a while in some of their sets, um, like with their elbow sets when he comes around that screen from DeAndre Ayton or the other guy at the elbow, that's getting him the ball right where he likes it around that area of the floor. He's arguably the best mid-range scorer the NBA has ever seen. Um, and we may see slight tweaks like um, Matt Brooks, who writes for Nets Daily, asked Jock Vaughn over there about you know, working in more elbow sets for McHale because that was what he was more comfortable with. And the Nets typically run more pin downs to get him that ball in the similar spot. So we might see the Suns do a few more pin downs for KD if that's something that he prefers. Um, and we might see him in elbow sets as well. But it is something to keep an eye on because those tweaks are going to be fun to watch unfold in, in how Monty maybe adapts his offense. Yeah, I think the most fascinating thing isn't how will, Mc or how will KD fit in 
to the offense, but how will him being in the offense have an effect on what DA is able to do, what CP3 is able to do? To a lesser extent, probably Devin Booker, because you're still going to have a defense that focuses on those two guys, but you can't focus on four guys. You just can't. You can't focus on shutting down all four guys in this offense. So, so how does it change DA's offense? How does it impact it? Where does he get these shots, and how does he convert? I can't. I can't help. Since KD was announced to go to the Suns, I cannot help getting past how much this is going to impact DA. He's the first person I thought about when KD was announced because. You have severe matchup problems all over the court. Uh, if KD goes down low in the post and you put and you put uh, DA at the elbow, even uh, who's going to match up with KD down low in the block? You got to try and take a big there, mm-hmm. and then guess what? Now you have another matchup problem because now DA's at the elbow with a much smaller guy, and then KD will just dribble out, throw down low in the post, mm-hmm. and you're screwed. Like mm-hmm. it's just I'm it, because of the complexity and the. And really the pieces that the Suns have, not even just the starting four guys that we know are going to start, but even guys with Terrence Ross, Damian Lee, things that go, guys like that. I just hopefully I'm I, I hopefully this is what we're about to see. I just feel like this team's about to go to a whole nother level because of the ease that KD provides everybody. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the post. He actually ranks in the 99th percentile in post up points per possession. So pretty darn good from there yeah. and it's it's one thing that stood out to me watching the film of him is like yes you can run him in your elbow sets and through your point five offense but you also need to give him the wiggle room to do what he does best which is sometimes you just give him the ball in the perimeter or in the post and let him go to work because he's one of the best iso players in the league as well and that's not typically something we see a lot from the point five offense it's a lot about you know, you have it's literally 0.5. You have 0.5 seconds to make a decision to either dribble, pass, or shoot. Um, and some of these things with KD, they take a little longer to play out. So I am curious to see if he gives him that leeway, and I'm sure that he will. Um, but one thing to keep an eye on for sure, because he's good at scoring out of post-ups, getting to his turnaround jumper. He's also good at finding guys when that double does come, because you have to send a guy at a, at at someone like Kevin Durant in the post. You know what's going to be a, a small, interesting thing that comes out of this? We're going to learn, can the Suns actually make a post-entry pass? Or <laughs> or is DA just not real great at catching them? Because the whole thing is the Suns look like they're terrible at, at throwing entry passes mm. on the block. Uh, are they going to be able to do it to well, KD? <laughs> I mean, with KD, luckily, he's got a, that long wingspan, and he gets it kind of like block extended or like baseline mm. extended, and then he kind of backs his way into where he wants to go. So the advantage of having more of a handle there for sure. And what what Gerald's really pointing to is, is that when you're trying to make a low post entry pass to somebody that doesn't have the, the skill sets of a KD, right? Specifically Deandre. Mm. If you throw the ball wide, then you're pulling him away from the basket. And that's a problem. If you do the same thing to KD, it's not a problem because he can hit that shot. He can fade away. He can dribble back to the three-point line. He can go right by you on the dribble drive. Like He's got too much versatility. For DA, not so much. He's still working on that. Um, yeah. Those are the major differences there. So KD can hide uh, those flaws. If you make mm-hmm. a, a bad pass, it doesn't look as bad because exactly. you can't really have him at a position. Uh, totally off topic. On topic, but off topic. Mm-hmm. Is there... A four-star group like this with worst nicknames: CP3, Book, D, 
DA and KD. They're all just lazy. There's like, I mean, <laughs> DA has dominated, and KD's got the Slim Reaper and Durantula. And yeah, and CP3's just CP3. Point God. <laughs> Point God. Point yeah. God. But a book the ones book, that everybody yeah. defaults uh, eat your own words, A real lazy, the ones that people <laughs> For a book, to. yes. He doesn't have a cool nickname. I mean, it's cool, but it's not like out of the box. Right. It's Mama. definitely in the box. Those are all like good. They all have good nicknames except for book. He doesn't really have one, but we I most feel, commonly I, I'm refer feeling to them. a little slighted right now. Okay. Yeah, I share the same. Yeah, and I, it's a I share nickname. the same abbreviation <laughs> and people in the military would always say book like no, screw you guys. Book is great. It's a we're, great name. We're not saying it's a bad name. It's just not creative. You realize this is coming from a guy known as Espo, which literally right. is just the first four letters of my last name. Yeah. I, I'm not one to talk here. So. Yeah. But here's the thing, you guys. As far as like defending the Suns, it's going to be tough for whoever they're playing against, and they know it as well. Devin said on that exact topic, it's going to be a problem. A lot of teams have one good defender or two good defenders, and now you're going to have to try and find where you're going to put them. Who are you going to put them on? That's the question that everyone facing the Suns is going to have to deal with now that Kevin Durant is finally playing. Yeah, it's going to it's he said it best. It's going to be a problem because I was asking him specifically about, you know, the fact that he, KD and CP3 are all really good in the pick and roll. Um, Kevin Durant ranks in the 100th percentile in points per is possession as a pick and roll ball handler. It's <laughs> It's flawless. Um, so you have three guys that are capable of running that pick and roll. And the big thing with KD is the interchangeability. Like he's a guy, he mentioned he wanted to come play with Book because, um, you know, they got to a lot of the same spots on the floor. He felt their games were similar. And that's going to make life super easy on the Suns because you can literally plug Kevin Durant into the ball handler spot in their Spain pick and roll with Chris Paul. You can plug him into book spot, popping out to above the break for three, or you can plug him into DeAndre Ayton's spot uh, as the screener because then you have a ton of shooting to contend with as far as who's rolling, who's popping, who's flaring. Like They're going to be able to put him in literally any spot on the floor and he's going to be able to do the job. Um, and you, you, know, you mentioned freeing up DA and Chris Paul. If you have Chris Paul and DA running a pick and roll and Devin Booker and... Kevin Durant in the corner setting a screen for each other for like a corner three. Like as the help defender, what are you supposed to do there? There's no way to defend all of that and account for all of that. Um, so it's it's really going to be tough. And, and he fits in perfectly with their mid-range uh, heavy approach. So it's I, I don't know what you do. It's it's one of those offenses that almost has too many options available. And it's going to be Monty's job over these next 20 games to figure out what's what works with his starting five and you know layer his rotations based on that it feels like the only team that can beat the suns is the suns if they don't execute properly mm. in this offense if they make sloppy mistakes if they turn the ball over like those are the kind of things that will uh, will impact this team but i don't think there's any strict defensive philosophy now that can just shut them down like we saw at times earlier in this year where some teams would play or, or even in the playoffs last year against the mavs Teams would play a certain way and take everything out. I don't think you can do that now. I don't no, think there's can't. a way to do that. No, I mean if you go back to that seven game series and how they were, they were the Mavs were just continuously bombarding Book and CP3 with doubles mm -hmm. left and right, and basically forcing everybody else to have to step up their game. And they didn't have that guy. Mm -hmm. Nobody stepped up. Nobody could could match that level of intensity. Well, good luck with KD. Yeah. Like <laughs> if that's the, if that's the other guy, like. You just 
There's only so many good defenders a team could have, like like that was said. It felt like last year this team went as Book went, right? Mm-hmm. And if Book was either taken out or off his game, the team kind of struggled a little bit. Now, if you run into that type of a situation, you have Katie to be able to carry you or help at least lessen the load on everybody else. For sure. Yeah, the, the blitzes that we see with Book and CP3, they're not going to be a thing. And if you do blitz... With Kevin Durant setting a screen and roll, he's going to kill you when he gets catches the ball in the short roll. Um, and, and he's also a great playmaker, too, like going through some of his assists. Um, you know, obviously teams are going to double him out of a screen, and he's really good at threading the needle with those pocket passes to the rolling big. Some of the plays that I saw will require DA because they're such high screen and rolls to mm-hmm. catch the ball, put it down. That's something that we've identified a lot as an area of improvement for him. But, um, you know, he, he's just the most versatile superstar in the league, I think, in terms of how you can slot him anywhere. And he's going to he's going to make you look fantastic. And we always talk about how good of a shot maker Devin Booker is. Now you're getting a guy who literally statistically might be the best mid-range scorer of all time. Yeah, it's going to raise things another level when defenses are focused on taking away the threes and shots at the rim just to be able to have him as that security blanket. Well, and, uh, you know, the bench is taking a lot of strays this year, but I think they've even proven to be much better than we thought, too. So where that may have seemed like a weakness, when you bring in and let them play with two of these starters, you got three of those bench guys, I I don't think that's even as much of a weakness as everybody seems to be concerned. So this is exciting, and tomorrow night may not be the prettiest thing Mm -hmm. we've ever seen, because it's game one, but it's the start of something that I think may be some of the prettiest basketball we've seen in Phoenix. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And Gerald did uh, go a little bit deeper into this topic at gophnx.com. If you guys have not checked that out, make sure that's the next thing you do after this show wraps up. But we also got a super chat from DC. Thank you, DC, for your super chat. They said, the anticipation is real. All caps oh, yeah. with a couple emojis. <laughs> We are right there with you, DC. Tomorrow is going to be so fun. Obviously, we need to have legitimate expectations. It's his first game back after injury. He'll probably be on a minutes restriction. Mm-hmm. Like Espo said, it may not be the prettiest thing we've seen, but um, I still think it's going to be really enjoyable to watch. They're still playing the Hornets, though, so it might be exactly. prettier than you think. So with, that's ball. a positive. <laughs> yeah, without well, loss. Right. So it's a good game to kind of ease back into a little bit. Saul and I are so excited that we've decided that we're just going to sit on camera the whole freaking game. (laughs) We're going to do a a watch along with all of you right here on the – on the YouTube page. So if you're excited and and you want some company while watching KD's debut, we're going to be right there for you uh, as well tomorrow, starting right at first tip after our pregame. Saul and I are going to punish ourselves by being on mic the whole time. So Nice. Looking forward to that. So everyone, make sure you check that out. We'll remind you tomorrow on the pregame show as well. But also, I know we talked about KD integrating into the Suns offense, but I know we got to talk about defense a little bit and that fifth starter. Saul, I know you've got some thoughts. Yeah, you know, this is all going to be a work in progress. And um, I know everybody keeps pointing to Josh Okogie as being that fifth starter, and I agree. I think he should be the fifth starter. Um, But I'm going to use Josh Okogie as an example of the different, um, you know, the, the growth and the development on the defensive side that still needs to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to take every bit of 20 games to improve. I'm talking about 
team chemistry on the defensive side, communication on the defensive side, more importantly, and I'm going to point to that here in a second. Um, and I'm going to use Josh Akogi as an example. So this is a, a, the, the first clip we have here is Josh Akogi against the Bucks the other night. Um, he's getting screened right here by um, uh, Lopez. Okay, <laughs> Lopez, obviously a good three-point shooter. And you also got to know who's setting the screen. If you're going to try and take the flop, you better make sure that you know that the person setting the screen uh, is notable uh, for setting bad screens. Uh, he's he doesn't realize Lopez is setting the screen, uh, and so he gets lost on defense. He, he we didn't show him stumbling, but he gets lost on defense a little bit. Da kicks out to cover Drew Holiday, and you can see on the opposite side, I believe that's uh, Ish Wainwright trying to recover on a, a cutting Brook Lopez. Drew sells that that pick and roll very well, and then he he pat he uh, skips past it. Over here. Now, DA was already out on Drew Holiday. So right now you got Josh Akogi, who's kind of lost in the clouds. Mm -hmm. he's, he's a little lost right now. Nobody's talking to him either. But you have a wide open Chris Middleton. But at this point in time, you know that on a skip pass, they teach you that if you're at the top of the key on a skip pass and it's your man on the other side, you got to find the next defender. Okay. And so what happens is Middleton gets out there. Book does the right move. He goes up to, to guard Middleton on the wing. Um, and right now, as you can see, Josh Okogie is standing at the free throw line guarding nobody. He's he's completely lost. Instead, what he should have done from the top of the key is he should have made a beeline straight to the opposite corner where Jay Crowder is currently sitting wide open because what's going to happen now is is Middleton will pass it to a wide open Jay Crowder. And Josh Okogie is largely still in the same spot. What do you move, There's, a half a foot? Not even, I don't even think. But the 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 primary example for this, though, is is there's got to be some communication out there. Like somebody's got to say, Josh, you got to recover, instead of just letting my man hang out on the island. But Josh Okogie is such a great defender that he learns very quickly. So when we go to this next clip, Kind of the same, not not the same situation, but against again, Drew Holiday is the instigator for the Bucks. He's the one that makes things happen. Uh, so the ball goes around the baseline, kicks over the Jay Crowder. Now Josh Okogie learned from previously uh, what his mistake was. He sees the opposite side and he runs out to cover that. Okay, beautifully done, great. But the problem is, is that his technique was so off. That he let slow ass, uh, what's his name? Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles, that's right. Uh, slow ass Joe Ingles, go right by him. And no. you can't let that happen on a closeout, like, especially not with Joe Ingles. So, what does that do? It automatically puts everybody else into recovery mode. And so, you have CP3 who's going to flash and kind of recover, but he's got to be careful because Brooke Lopez is right there at the top of the key as well, waiting to shoot the three. So, as we see, Ingles penetrates. CP3 with a halfway kind of assist. It's more of like a flash and recover technique that they usually use. DA's in good position to cover Ingles just in case. But the problem is the whole instigator of this whole offensive sequence was who? Drew. Drew Holiday, who's on the baseline lurking. And then Joe Ingles makes the right play. DA steps up to guard Ingles. He makes the bounce pass to a wide open Drew Holiday, who then scores the bucket. So, again, recovery, communication. These are the things... Um, that they'll improve on as they, they move across the season. But right now, they're a little sloppy with their technique. I have a question for you. In real time, is this you know where a lot of people will blame DA for being out of position? Yes. In these, a, a but million really, percent. he's trying to cover for a mistake previously made in the play by committing to a guy, and that's how a guy 
uh, like Drew Holiday gets behind him on a play like this, where a lot of people would complain about D.A. being out of position. It really stems from Josh Akogi being out of position to start. I mean, it was a two-on-one in the paint. Yeah. And those are the types of things that they'll improve on for sure. Um, you know, again, the, the, the rotations um, and really the communication thing is the really the biggest thing that I want to really harp on is the communication of this um, is the thing that really needs to improve overall. I'm not I'm not trying to single out Josh Okogie as as a bad defender at all. Um, the only thing that I feel like he really slipped up was was his closeout technique. He, you got to pitter patter those feet a little bit more than he did. He kind of took some long strides, which puts your momentum into one position makes it easier for slow guys to go around you and then the second thing was just being lost on that on that one uh corner three by jay, uh, jay crowder so. i think so i great breakdown by the way um and the closeout on joe ingles like that was that was bad the first play though it looks like he got his bell rung like he ran straight into brooke lopez hit the deck turned had no idea what was going yeah, on yeah. he was there was a corner three was i don't I don't know. I that's one that but goes uh, back to your point about communication. Did DA call out that screen cuz he looked like he had no idea that was coming and hit a brick wall. Yeah, it's either that or he was trying to sell the flop or he was trying to sell the flop. I don't so feel like Kogi he, he got up so though. fast that I was like, okay, well, but he you still like when he when he gets picked, he still understands like there's there's the the flash and recovery part of this where the ball goes to the wing. You know like you see Jay Crowder wide open, you got to run out. You got to run out. And, and for nothing else, to block out Jay Crowder in case he misses. And he kind of does at the end a little bit, but he's, yeah, it was, so, it was just, again, it's just one of those things that they'll fix as they move. And Josh Kogi is young, and obviously he's only started just over a handful of times this season for the Suns. Do you think when KD plays that his level of communication will help? Josh Okogie and therefore everybody else on this team step up their game as well? I don't think it's a KD thing. I think it's just a, a, an overall team thing. When you start to play with different guys and inconsistent rosters more than anything, you don't you don't really uh, build like the type of chemistry and communication with those guys defensively. Like defense is the most vocal part of basketball. Like you have to talk. You have to communicate. You have to scream at guys, hey, on your right, you know, watch out, pick left, whatever. Like, you got to. Mm-hmm. So to Gerald's point, if DA didn't say anything and he was just like, fuck a Kogi. <laughs> well, then, yeah, that's a problem and DA's got to step up. But DA has been vocal. We've heard him on, on telecasts uh, the last several several games. We've seen him get after players to make sure that they're in position. We saw him and Mikhail go after it um, earlier in the season. Like, I like where DA is vocally. Um, so I, I don't know if this was an instance where he wasn't speaking up enough. Um, and I'm sure watch, listen, when they watch film, those are the types of things that'll be brought, brought up. And Josh would be like, bro, you just left me on an Island. Cause one thing basketball players hate is getting blindsided by a hard ass screen. Mm-hmm. It makes you want to turn around and fight your teammate right? for real. <laughs> so it'll be fixed. <laughs> All right, cool. That's all I got. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Why did everybody turn and look at me like I? Well, we you were know, just curious if you had basketball any other, uh... breakdowns. <laughs> Great job, Stop. Saul. Appreciate you Thank bringing you. that to the show. Uh, one more sleep, y'all. One more sleep, and we get to see Kevin Durant in action with the Suns. Make sure you are prepared by picking up a case of Four Peaks beer because nothing makes Suns games better than having a tasty, cold Four Peaks beverage by your side. Also, our friends over at Four Peaks will be out at the M3F Festival on March 3rd and 4th. Grab your tickets at m3ffest.com and also make sure you enjoy a Wow Wheat beer while you're there. 
Just a reminder, though, you do have to be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks beer, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. Did you ever go out to the to the beer can derby? I didn't. Oh, no, boy. I had a birthday party. It wasn't my fault. Somebody <laughs> decided to be born that day. <laughs> okay. All right. But I still need to figure out what's going on, so I'm going to have to go over to their uh, Instagram page or their Twitter, at Four Peaks Brew, and see if I can get some of the oh, highlights from next it. Next year, Saul, we should see if we can broadcast it live, and you and I can do play-by-play and color on it. Oh, my God. That would be hilarious, though. <laughs> Could you imagine? But we have to be drunk. <laughs> you should bring Petey in to do sideline reporting for it, oh too. <laughs> I've actually, I've long had the dream that we should do play-by-play for, like, like six, seven-year-old like YMCA games <laughs> that are that are played on the eight-foot hoops. Oh my God, electricity! <laughs> Let's go. Okay, so since Katie's playing tomorrow, obviously we know he's going to be on a minutes restriction. Mm. But are you going to dive right on in and pick KD as part of a parlay or any uh, anything on the DraftKings sportsbook out for tomorrow's game? Or are you going to wait a few games? Oh yeah. What's your strategy? Oh yeah. We're going to let her know our strategy? <laughs> well, I haven't made a bet yet. I'm not saying Look, which one. I'm, I'm just asking. I can make like eight bets tomorrow, so he's, I'm good. He's scoring at least 20 points tomorrow. You think so? Yes. Okay. Yes. The man The man wants to show up and show out, all right? And this that's is true. And it's, it's the freaking Hornets, all right? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty <laughs> good about it. Well, uh, make sure you guys get ready for all of the action by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and sign up with that code PHNX. When you use that code, new customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Again, that's only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes. For details. I'm pretty sure DraftKings will have a KD special tomorrow. You would think so, almost, right? Some sort of a same game parlay with them. Yeah. I'm really nervous and excited to see how KD impacts our DraftKings race for the, the rest of this season. <laughs> because you know how you always just seem like, I don't know about you guys, but you can tell with me when I find a player that <laughs> a bet is hitting, I ride it until it stops. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I'm really excited to see how Katie can help me beat the two oh, of you. Again, this is always, always about Lindsay. It's always about <laughs> No matter what, Kevin Durant is making his son's debut and Lindsay's like, and how will this help me? Yeah. I mean, you may as well take it. It's not often that we get one of the best basketball players ever on our son's squad. Why not take advantage of it in a way that benefits you too? If you're True. not if you're not capitalizing off of Kevin Durant being a son, I don't know what to tell you, but you're missing out. That's for sure. Put your money where your joy Call is. Call me I guess. crazy. Exactly. I'm still bitter that I lost this bet by one stupid ass free throw last game. That was God. That was brutal. That's rough. Oh my goodness gracious! Look, you owe me money. Well, there's a lot of excitement around KD as far as Look, on the court, off the court though. There still seems to be more drama between him and Charles Barkley, oh, y'all. Yeah, yeah. What is going on here? Let's listen to this video of the recent thing. You've been critical to some degree of Kevin Durant when you talk about, hey, he got to win because obviously you joined a super team in, in Golden State. Things didn't work out in Cleveland. Could you explain for people who may not know what your position is, what's the difference between what Kevin Durant did and what LeBron did when he went to Miami? In your eyes. Well, first of all, there's no difference. Uh, okay. But this is the problem. Kevin Kevin gets mad at me when I point this out. If you go back and look at LeBron, 
who I really admire and respect, he said this. I did not say this. He says, I had to win a championship without Dwayne to get old heads respect. Kevin, uh, Kobe Bryant said this too. He says, I have to win a championship without Shaq to get these old heads off my back. I, I hold Kevin Durant to the same criteria. Mm. I don't care what the media says. I don't care what the fan says. I'm talking about old guys like myself who went through the trenches. Kevin Durant going to have to before. Hey, hey he's all-time great. But when it comes to being mentioned with some of these other guys, he's going to have to win a championship where he's the leader of the team and he's the best player. Or he else can't what? join a 70-some win team and then win a couple championships. But everywhere else he's been, he hasn't been successful. Mm. So that's, that's, that's the standard I hold him to. If he want to be on a level with LeBron and Kobe and those guys, he's going to have to be the best player as the leader because the stress, the, the stress that goes with being the leader of a team is, 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 is really, it's a big deal, Stephen A. We're not, role players, they don't have to play good. They don't get no blame. But when you're a great player, they say, people don't say, listen, I love Sed Sabalos. One of my favorite people. Nobody right. ever said Sid Sabalos didn't win the championship. Nobody ever said Mark West didn't win the championship. They said Charles Barkley didn't win the championship. That's a double standard, but that's the way the game breaks, man. I have to live with that. Look, I love Charles Barkley's old man on a Zoom energy in this. Like, he works for TNT, and nobody can give him a better home setup than what that looked like. <laughs> First and, and foremost, but he says, oh, Katie never got it done. Katie was never a leader uh, outside of that 70-win team. Charles forgets that Katie took that OKC team as far as Charles Barkley ever took a team to the NBA Finals, and he lost just like Charles did. I love Charles. He is one of my favorite sons of all time. I grew up loving the guy, but this is getting ridiculous. I uh, vehemently oppose what Charles Barkley is trying to do right now, mm -hmm. uh, mostly because of the hypocritical factor. Number one, he said that he never forced his way out of Phoenix and that he was sad to leave, uh, and basically he was uh, scorned by that, right? Bullshit. Mm -hmm. That guy was just disgruntled. He did not want to be here anymore. He forced his way out to Houston and to join yet a super team. Because they had Clyde Drexler. They had Hakeem Lajuan. They just won two fucking finals back to back. So the hypocrisy of what Charles Barkley is doing right now is off the charts. It's, brother, can I just say something to you? We have the internet. We can go back and see exactly how this all broke down. You can't be a hypocrite about this. You've literally tried to do the same thing. It just didn't work out for you. It worked out for KD, so maybe that's where the hate is. I don't know. But come on, man, you gotta stop this shit. I'm I'm just tired of Charles talking about KD at this point yes. because like I, I love Chuck. I loved watching his highlights growing up with the Suns. Um he's one of my favorite Suns players to watch of all time. Same. But like as an analyst, it feels like this beef is entirely one sided. It's not beef, it's one guy just throwing stones at another dude's career 
and trying to set himself up to look good if the Suns don't come through and win a title with KD. I, I just I don't get it. I feel like he's going to be very upset if Kevin Durant brings a title to this franchise because it's going to make him look bad for all of the dumb stuff that he said about Durant to this point. Like it's just it's baseless and and I'm one of the people that doesn't write off Kevin Durant's two titles with the Warriors. Like yes, he joined a fantastic team. That team also lost a ton of depth to make room for Kevin Durant. So it's not like he was joining the 73 win team and nothing else changed. And Kevin Durant was also the best player on those teams. So like I I I just don't get it and I hate the comparison too because the Suns are no super team. He's automatically the best player here. Um, and if he brings this franchise a championship that it hasn't won in 55 years, you're damn right we're going to keep hearing clips like that from Chuck, who wasn't able to do the same. I feel like there's a couple things going on here. Chuck has you know, some basketball version of PTSD where with Shaq and Kenny constantly hammering him with the ring talk and all that and what he's heard over his life, that that, that gets stuck in his head. And then... I feel like he said something about KD once and then now just feels like he has to double down because he can't backtrack on it. He can't say, hey, I was wrong because that's just not in Charles Barkley's nature. Mm. So now it just snowballs into this, you know, this tirade against all this stuff. And he's starting to become old man yells at clouds. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame because he's one of the most entertaining guys that we've had in NBA media. It was one of the more entertaining guys on the court and in, in, in press conferences, but we're getting to that point where he's just shouting to shout at this stuff and, and refuses to back down when there's no argument to really be made anymore. He, he adores Phoenix. I know that I know he adores Phoenix and he loves this city, but I, I think there might be something to the fact that um, he adores this place because by and large, a lot of people revere Charles Barkley. Mm -hmm. But then you bring in somebody like KD, and if KD's able to win a championship for this franchise, I think there's a certain part of Charles Barkley that feels like he becomes irrelevant now mm -hmm. into the Phoenix fan base because we won a championship with this guy. He was clearly the difference maker. He was clearly the answer. And I think maybe he feels some type of way about it. I don't know. But this just all comes when he says things like he has been saying, despite the fact that he's literally done the same thing before. It just it just comes off real petty. So two things. One, I love that Katie clapped back at this because he quote tweeted this on Twitter <laughs> and said, I don't remember Braun saying this. Somebody linked me the article mm -hmm. because <laughs> nobody can recall a time when LeBron said that, at least publicly. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not saying they didn't have conversations behind the scenes, but publicly, at least what I could see. Nobody found that article or that clip or whatever. And then two, um, I just, I don't understand like what the point of this conversation is because you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If KD didn't go to the Warriors and didn't win those rings and in, ended his career without a championship, he's screwed. Not good enough. Didn't achieve the ultimate goal. He goes and he wins a championship. With, well, it wasn't, it wasn't hard enough. You didn't mm -hmm. have to work hard enough for this championship. So it's just like, how many times, this goes back to the conversation we had a couple weeks ago where it was like, are we putting too much emphasis on players' career, like judging their careers simply by having a ring or not? Because now it's like we're getting into the nitty-gritty where we're picking apart what the ring looked like. Right. Yeah. Well, and I it's think, like, I, okay, no. now what's happening? What, that's honest, what is this like? That's honestly why I didn't really have a problem with KD going to the Warriors because I felt like as trivial as it might have been, 
it was a box he needed to check. So I'm going to check this dumbass box because you guys all think that I can't be validated unless I get a ring. So I'm going to get these two rings and then I'm going to move on. And that's exactly what he did. And everybody still tries to hate on him for it. Like he's won MVP. He's been the uh, you know the the scoring leader in the league. He's he's won NBA Finals MVPs. He's gone. He's won a cha- two championships. Like I, I don't care how he does it. Does he is he checking off all the boxes? Yes. He's one of the most dominant players we've ever seen in this game. And people want to try and slide him because of oh well he's he's a little he's a certain way on on social media or he claps back at these people oh he, too many people are in his head talking and he hears voices and you know he's got rabbit ears and all this other stuff no katie's just a fucking human being mm. like he's just responding to people who are trying to be trolls and he's trying to put them in their place from time to time sometimes he just calls them out on the bs and he moves on like i'm cool with kd i've always been cool with kd i don't mind it at all i think the irony is if Katie didn't go to Golden State and win those titles, I think Chuck would probably be one of his staunchest defenders because he'd see himself in this guy mm-hmm. who had no rings, uh, who was one of the best to do it and was getting grief because he didn't have the rings. But now he's like, whoa. I mean, I feel like a lot of these guys like Charles Barkley are going, well, shit, we didn't think about that. We could have just teamed up together <laughs> yeah. and done this. Like it, like it was not something you thought of in that generation. But now it's like we could have made these paths to titles so much easier for ourselves if we had just used our voice and and partnered with uh, with our buddies out there. And I know it's, oh, back then we wouldn't have done it. You would have done it if there was a path to it, well, if somebody had tried to do it. Y- there might be a point to that, Espo, as far as like looking back and maybe a little bit of jealousy, if that's even the right word, or just like a missed opportunity, maybe, mm. because we are in the era of player empowerment, right? Yeah. Like the players are the pro and it should have always been like that, though. In my opinion, the players are the ones who we're paying to see. I'm not paying to see some guy run an organization. I'm sorry. Mm. I don't care how well you run it or what you're doing. I'm playing to see I'm paying to see those guys who are playing the game. I think there was always some some semblance of players pulling the strings, right? Barkley did ask for two trades, like you said, out of Philly, out of Phoenix. Like, Jordan, if he demanded something, got things. Like, you know, Pippen got his own contract extension because he sat out during— The only player that I can recall demanding something and not really getting his way was Kobe. Yeah. Kobe demanded to be traded. But, he was supposed to be a Phoenix Sun. But they had they had a deal to Chicago and he he used his no trade clause because he said if you're trading Lou Aldang uh as part of this, I don't want to go to Chicago. So even that, he kind of had his way but then chose to use the power of his contract to not do it. Like I I think a lot of this gets blown out of proportion and it's just nobody in our era did this no like uh, and I think if 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 Chuck and uh, and MJ wanted to team up back in the day, you can't tell me that MJ couldn't have forced that or Barkley couldn't have forced that. They just didn't do it, and I think that it, it reverse or this you know looking back in the past, it's now probably oh maybe we should have right. imagine what we could have done. It's it's a lot of revisionist history, not just with the way things were back in the day, but acting like. The man didn't average 35, 8, and 5 in the finals. Like, he wasn't the best player in that series. I I, I don't know. I, I just I have a problem with it because I feel like if this is just me hypothesizing here, but if I was an NBA player 
I, and I got to watch great basketball on a night-to-night basis, I would be trying to build these guys up instead of trying to knock them down. Even if I never got to the summit in my career and I'm now watching a guy that I've said things about in the past possibly do it. He hasn't even done he hasn't even played for the Suns yet. Like we don't even know obviously we know it's going to be good, but we haven't seen what this looks like. We haven't seen them win a finals or go through the playoffs yet and he's already setting it up to pit Suns fans in a position where they either need to be loyal to Chuck and cheer against the Suns winning a, a title. Like what what is your end game here other than just being old and curmudgeonly? I don't get it. Unless they look at this as some version of motivation, right? Sometimes I wonder, Chuck and that and shit Shaq, is so overblown. But it, it is. But in their it's mind, a cop out. in their mind, do they think that because it, that generation very much was was uh, and it I was coached and motivated <laughs> by that kind of stuff. So, like, because at some point, I hope Chuck looks at this, and if the reality is the Suns are going to win a title, that he praises KD for what he's done, and this doesn't become some kind of weird ass son's turf war where half the fan base is going to try to back Chuck in, in some way. And the other half's like, well, no, Katie, I don't need any more of that. I've dealt with enough of that in son's fandom where you're pitted against each other for stupid reasons. Can we just enjoy whatever this ride is going to be and mm-hmm. not have this weird. Beast? I don't know if a majority of son's fans even give a shit. He's losing that battle. Well, if the yeah, Suns win title. yeah, like I, I mean, like <laughs> I've heard, not. I've heard Charles talk about KD a million times before, um, and I have never cared. Yeah, I, I, I just have never cared. I know so, you I don't, know. but look at the, I mean, in the chat, even some of the people were like, "Well, Chuck's right." Like, I, I just, I, I want, I want us to enjoy this as a group. In this, this is the first <laughs> time ever that you look at it and you go, we all should be enjoying the shit out of this because we just got a top three player in the league to go with Devin Booker and CP3. And there's a very good chance we see something we've never seen before. Let's have some fun with it. And Chuck, you're welcome on the bandwagon, too. So two things from the chat. Uh First and foremost, Elver said, it's OK, Chuck, just sign with the Suns right now. Sit on the bench and Katie will get you a ring. Like, I think we should make that happen. Hey. That would be the ultimate, like, ideal situation. Then we can all celebrate together. It's literally the bridge that fixes all the problems right now. There's one fear there. Mm. Monty falls in love with Chuck and plays him, <laughs> plays him 15 minutes a game. Put him on the two-way deal. Two-way contract. <laughs> there's another uh, comment from T. Geno. Gino, I'm not sure. Says, this is funny. Suns fans are now in the, quote, Let's defend KD stage. I'm telling you guys, Warriors fans went through it trying to defend him for joining a stack team too, and he bailed on us. So I've seen this a couple times in the chat, um, just from like the Warriors perspective of KD coming in and then like leaving them and bailing out on them. After here's, winning two titles. Here's the thing though. <laughs> I don't give a you know what if and he wins us a three. championship. If he wins up a, us a championship this year and then demands a trade and talk shit about us for the rest of his life, I'm fine with it. That is a deal I am willing to make he, 10 times out of 10 times. The Warriors won a championship, got back to the finals and lost to LeBron and company, then get KD, win two more championships, and would have won a third in a row had he not torn his Achilles. Mm-hmm. Like, what? what – what are we complaining about? No. Yeah. He abandoned us they, after okay. only two championships. Thank you. That's to, okay. Thank you to our Warriors friend for watching this, but boo fucking goo. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
if Katie wins a title this year, he can come in this studio, kick me in the nuts, and tell me he's going to the Lakers, and I'll still shake his hand and say, thank, and you. Say, thank you very much. <laughs> like, maybe one day when we're on, like, Golden State's level of the amount of rings y'all have, oh, yeah, then we can yeah. feel that way. But right now, we really don't care. However it comes, we will take a championship any way we can get it. Um <laughs> But maybe we'll think about that in the next like five years after we've got a couple. Who knows? We'll see. Just give me one. I know, just right? Just one. Before I die, I just want one championship that I give a shit about. Please. Oh, I would love to cover gracious. a title run. Though, All I know is that maybe Charles Barkley just needs one of those happy balance gummies from yes. our friends over at OG. Just to balance things out. Like, you're good. Like, we love you as Suns fans. We will always love you. You will forever be one of our favorite Suns. So there's nothing to worry about. And I don't think Suns fans judge Barkley as much as maybe other fans do for not winning a championship. Yeah. So this is a safe space for you too, Charles Barkley. Like, we love you over here. But might I recommend the happy balance one-to-one uh, -one CBD THC ratio from our friends over at OG's. It's in strawberries and cream. That's a delightful flavor. And they are available right now. You can find them on the shelves um, by checking out your local dispensary or heading to OGsBrands.com. You do have to be 21 or older to enjoy, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. I think of the visual of KD coming into our studio <laughs> kicking, and kicking us in the nuts. And Gerald would be like, hey, Kev. Hey, Kev. Hey, Kev. Oh, my goodness Shit. gracious. Also, if you want to get in on the action on the Underdog Fantasy, now is a really good time to do that because you can take – the higher or lower for KD and potentially win a whole bunch of money. Underdog does daily fantasy sports differently. So check it out. And right now, it's super easy to get started. Uh, go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. But right now, make sure you sign up with that promo code PHNX. Because when you use that promo code, they will match your first deposit up to $100. Like I said, the higher, lower, the pickums, those are my favorite because they're so easy and they're so so easy to win money on too. Mm -hmm. Like it just, it's just like the perfect fantasy game that nice. Underdog has over there. So it's the perfect fantasy. Uh, hello, is. hello had a great comment while you were uh, doing that. Said hello said Chuck's thoughts on KD are like bodies of water. Sketchy. <laughs> You're not wrong. Bodies of water are sketchy. And nobody will tell me otherwise. Have you ever been deep sea diving? He'll know. Oh my god, it looks so therapeutic. It oh. looks terrifying. Yeah, I don't really? I don't know. You too? I love I mean, that. I would like to scuba dive. I don't know about deep sea diving. That shit's deep, man. Like something goes wrong. There, there's deep levels deep. to it. Something, something goes, goes wrong. wrong. <laughs> I'm good. I mean, like rather. like what if like in the in the navy, uh, my sister in said the that navy. they would park out in the middle of the ocean wherever just you couldn't see land anywhere and they jump off the boat and go swimming for a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. no? Well, swimming yeah, and swimming diving fine. deep are two different Bro, things. But you're in the middle of the ocean. Like, there's nothing around. Like, I'm not no even beach. getting on a cruise, I let alone in the water in the middle of the ocean with no body of land I mean, around. I'm wearing my floaties for sure. But. Hell no. <laughs> but I'm having a great time. Jared looking like Ish Wainwright in floaties. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we do have a super chat. This one's from Zeus. Says, one, health. Two, gelling slash developing chemistry. Three, playoff seating. All three are important, but how would y'all prioritize them in our remaining 20 games? Uh, two would be number one for me. So gelling, de developing chemistry. Making sure you guys are all 
flowing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Health would be number two. And then three is playoff seating because I genuinely don't think it really matters to these guys as long as they're not in the play-in uh, where they're seated. I think they nailed it one, two, three for me. Health and then gelling and then seating. Yeah, seating still matters, but not as much as long as everybody's healthy. Health is the only one that matters to me because, I mean, if if you're not healthy, you're never going to get the chance to gel. Seating doesn't really matter to me. And I feel like there's just the talent here and the type of guys they are. The gelling doesn't concern me at all. They just have to stay healthy uh, and have enough runway together. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I'm in the order that Zeus put it in. Health, gelling, slash developing chemistry, and then playoff seating. That's what I'm going with. Also, back to the whole body of water thing, just just real briefly. Amelia says, has the definition of sketchy been looked at? Yes, actually it has. <laughs> the minute that we got done with the show the other day. <laughs> and I think what we have determined is that the best way that I should have said it was sketch, mm-hmm. not sketchy. Right. But for me, when I say something is sketch, it's also like scary or like I'm not yeah. doing that kind of a thing. You just but feel that like, was like, just an like accidental Y added in there. My bad. Do you feel like a, like a hand's going to grab your ankle when you're yes, in the water? Yes, 100%. <laughs> yes. It's well, called bodies of water for a reason. Yeah, so. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Gerald. Oh, my God. Do not watch Friday the 13th, the no. original. I, mean, I will say not. this, though. One time I jumped in a creek, and it was kind of deep in one section. And I didn't realize there was like a, a there was like one of those trees that were at the bottom, oh. and uh, like a, a branch hit my leg, and I freaked the fuck out. <laughs> one time yeah. I was in yeah. some random like river in quotes in Yuma, mm-hmm. and there was like a little bridge that went over, and the bridge was like pulling. I almost got sucked underneath like the little uh, pillar that was holding up the bridge. Oh no! I'm telling you, like I just don't, I don't mess with water that way. <laughs> I just no, don't. There's no rivers. <laughs> No right, so that explains why I don't trust anybody in the water. Canal? Yeah, probably. <laughs> also, again, in Yuma, we were in the same thing or some other water source of something, and we found a piranha in it. PSA. So somebody had dumped a piranha in this body of water. Don't swim in canals. I'm just saying. <laughs> what? I'm just saying. It's just not. Pazuzu wants you to know Cocaine Shark coming soon, starring Lindsay and Summer. Let's go, Lindsay. (laughs) Cocaine Shark. Oh, I'm here for it. I would cry immediately. All right, back to basketball topics. We also got to hear from Katie himself on the Etcetera's podcast with Eddie Gonzalez. And here are a few things that stood out to us from that episode. Uh, You guys should check it out for yourself, though. First and foremost, Katie talked about playing with Devin Booker, and he said, I like guys that can score from all areas of the floor. Being around somebody who works like that and cares for the game like that is only going to benefit me. So while we have spent a lot of time talking about how KD will benefit the Suns, the Suns, specifically Devin Booker, will also provide a benefit to Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it should make things easier for for Kevin Durant too, right? Because Mm -hmm. this is... uh, Say what you will about his time with Kyrie, but Kyrie wasn't out there a lot for various reasons, and he's a different kind of player uh, as well. So, like, he has a bona fide scorer, a, a, a distributor in CP3 with him. This should be easier for Kevin Durant as well in, in certain ways, which has to be exciting for him. Plus, it's three guys with the very same mentality like we've talked about, mm-hmm. and that's got to be exciting for a guy like Kevin Durant to know you're all locking in the same way and going out there and working your ass off. Yeah, they're they're all hoopers. They're all sickos, self-proclaimed sickos. Um, 
So it's cool that they're all on the same page about the work ethic, about sacrificing for the good of the team, um, and just playing ball and winning. Like that's all that matters to these guys. Um, and it's kind of cool to hear another all-time great say that they view Devin Booker as a kindred spirit in that regard. Um, so even aside from all the on-court basketball similarities we've already talked about, um, it is pretty cool that they see eye to eye on that. Um, and, and this is a guy who's played with a lot of superstars in his time, so that's pretty neat. And then the other thing that I found very interesting from this podcast was Katie said, all I focus on is hooping. Yep. And that's what you want <laughs> from the best player on your team. Mm -hmm. You want it from all the players on your team, but most specifically the best player on your team. And I think the same thing can be said about Devin Booker as well. Yeah, and He's this, the kind of guy who just focuses on basketball. And that came up in context of talking about Kyrie and the Nets stuff. And I liked it because he was like, that's his stuff. Like, I just want to play basketball. That's what I'm focused on. And I think that's why he seems <clears throat> so much more at ease right now. And uh, some people said he seemed happy at the all-star game it's probably because he knows i just have to go focus on basketball mm -hmm. like it's not drama it's not other headlines it's not my thoughts on this because of this it's i want to go lock in play basketball and if we can play to the right level i will accomplish everything i want and all the other bs is gone and and i like that i want a guy that just wants to focus on that side of stuff can i say one thing of hmm. course you can um golden state ain't winning shit this year I don't know if you noticed that, but they ain't winning anything. Sorry. Just wanted to say that. <laughs> I like Hello's comment. It says, uh, Katie, Book, you like winning? Book goes, yeah. Katie says, me too. Because I feel like that's exactly the conversation <laughs> the two of them would have. That, that's very <laughs> boisterous, right? You want to do and karate in the garage? And yep. <laughs> and Did we just become best friends? Yup. TJ Warren standing next to him, and he's part of the conversation, and he says zero things. Just nodding. <laughs> he's just nodding. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. <laughs> we got a super chat from Bobby. Bobby, thank you for your super chat. They said, hi, Lindsay. This is probably the Suns' best chance to win a title, championship or bust. Hi, Bobby. Thank you for your super chat. I do think this is the best chance for the Suns to win a title, this year and next year. Mm -hmm. you know, I think championship or bust within the two seasons, though. I agree. You know that Bobby Cox is uh, also the name of former Atlanta Brave skipper? Just throwing it out there. Did not. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. In the 90s, won, those, won that World Series. Yeah. <laughs> the more you know. All right. So the Suns are on a road trip, which is unfortunate. We all would have rather KD made his Suns debut here at home, but it is what it is. But you can go to the first Suns game here in Phoenix when Kevin Durant is playing. And the best way to get your tickets is through Game Time. There is a link in the description of the show that will take you to Game Time where you can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute. Um, I mentioned the, the link in the description. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through that link. But Game Time is the place to go for all sporting events or concerts that you want to check out. And like I said, the best part about game time is the ma the fact that you can save a whole bunch of money on your tickets. The second best thing about game time is that they have a little toggle option where you can say like all in pricing. So you know exactly how much the cost of your tickets are going to be before you get to your cart. So you don't have to be like, oh, it's 50 bucks. And then you get in your cart and it's like $89.99 or something like that. It shows you exactly with all the fees and taxes and whatnot included right there in front of you. So it makes it so much easier. You know what's really cool about the Game Time app right now? What? Is that the cheapest ticket you can find in a lower level seat 
for April 6th against the number one seed Denver Nuggets is or $295. It's a lot. I know somewhere you can get it cheaper <laughs> and get more of the value than just that. Just saying. Is yeah. that like a little? Uh, That's what we call a, a breadcrumb. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> also, shout out to my guy Saul. He gives me a lot of shit about my music preferences, but today he said, "Hey, Espel, you know that the uh, Taylor Swift tickets are getting cheaper." Ooh. And I was like, "Thank you for the assist on that, Mr. Nice, Bookman. nice." Uh, also, I forgot to give Saul a heads up on this one, but we are going to tell you about our friends over at Bad Birdie. Normally, Saul <laughs> does this, but Bad Birdie is super dope. They have really comfortable and great looking clothing mm -hmm. items and hats and quarter zips and all the things. So if you have not checked out Bad Birdie, you're really missing out, especially if you love the game of golf. But it's not only for golfers because the best thing about Phoenix is that you can wear like golf attire year round pretty mm -hmm. much. You know what yes. I mean? But Bad Birdie makes these um, clothing options perfect for anywhere. I mean, even through the office, I feel like you could rock the Bad Birdie stuff. In, yeah. in Phoenix, you could wear Bad Birdie to weddings. I you mean, probably could. And the quarter zips you can wear all year round, even if it's 100 and fuck degrees outside. Because they're like a good material. Because they're like breathable. They're yeah. super nice. I get complimented all the time. Every single time I wear my Bad Birdie merch, people are always like, oh, what is that? What mm -hmm. is that? What is that? I'm like, well, it's Bad Birdie. Go to go to badbirdygolf.com and save yourself 15% if you just go use the promo code PHNXBB15. That's right. All so time. take advantage of it. Uh, we did get another super chat from Bobby. Bobby, thank you so much. Said, oh, Lindsay, I'm not that Bobby Cox. I'm just a human being. Not one special, <laughs> just plain human being. Bobby, you're special to us, and we're glad to have you here with us. Hello, hello says, so Bobby is an alien? No one says I'm human, <laughs> human is, being. Bobby is chat GPT. Don't mind me, Lindsay. I am a kind human being. <laughs> I just learned how to feel <laughs> please but help me get out of this chat. chat bobby we appreciate you all right we have another super chat from laking uh laking said thoughts on Giannis taking a shot to kd saying he could teach him how to carry a team on his own and that he uh and that he be joining super team okay. not sure what that's supposed to say i wasn't that, a, wasn't that a joke? He said this on a talk show he was on. Yeah, so they wrote that joke yeah. for yeah. Giannis. Yeah. And then I know on social media today when that popped off, majority of the accounts who shared it cut off the second half of it where Giannis goes, where's the camera? Where's the camera? KD, I respect your game. You're one of my right. favorite players. <laughs> I watched you growing up and was basically like, I didn't write that joke. I just read it on a teleprompter. I, I love that. I love that Giannis is such a nice guy that he, they're like, we got this thing we want you to do. Yeah. We wrote some jokes. All you have to do is read them. Will you do it? And he's like, okay. And then he asks, he does it. And it's those kind of jokes that they had him do on the daily show because Nobody thinks Giannis is actually talking shit like no. that. He, he's, I mean, I hope not in any way. But, this is the but dude maybe. that brings dad joke books to, to post-game press conferences. But when you show the clip to KD, just show him the cutoff version. That's it. <laughs> just show him that version, and I, that's all we need going into the playoffs. Show him the full and, uh, thing. I still think he'd say, and I took that personally. I took that personally. <laughs> yep. I don't know. I mean, I still thought it was hilarious, but I think it's funnier when you see... Giannis kind of like turn off the joke, if you will, and talk straight to the camera and like, it's like, Katie, please don't kill me for this. <laughs> I think it's funnier when you see the whole thing put together, but it was cute. I don't know how you can't love Giannis. At the All-Star game, did you see when he's like, they were like, tell us about your fit. And he's like, I got this for free and I got this for free. <laughs> Giannis is great. I want to hate him so bad. I know. Because of that 
2021 finals, and I can't find it in me. You can't. I still hate Michael Jordan, and I can't find it in me to have the slightest amount of hate for Giannis. I feel you. All right, two more things. Our guy, Dwayne Washington Jr., props are in order for him, or congratulations, maybe some flowers. He signed a two-way contract with the Knicks, so... Just wanted to share that information. Obviously, I know people enjoyed him while he had some time here with the Suns. Um, it's so interesting, though, because, Gerald, we were talking about this on before the show. People were asking, like, why wouldn't the Suns pick him up on an additional two-way now that Ish Wainwright's contract has been converted? Could the Suns have signed him to another two-way and then had control of his rights? But the hard part about this is that there's not a lot of information out there about two-way contracts to figure out exactly how they work. I don't think you can, but yeah. I, I And I don't know if he would even want to come back after the team just cut him as well. Like, Well, and the team committed to Saban Lee as mm-hmm. that right. point guard that they felt was more valuable to, to have on a two-way anyways. Yeah. Look, I wish him the best. You know, it'll be awkward when it's the Knicks Suns finals, but we'll all get past it. So, yeah. Right. right. Except I, for that Knicks part. Yeah. It, it, it sucks because you could see the talent was there. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he could never, he just couldn't stay consistent enough scoring wise to really make the difference. And he wasn't the greatest of ball handlers to be able to run the one. And that's really what they were trying to find somebody to be able to handle the ball. Um, but I, I love him. I think we all are in agreement that we, we loved his time here and uh, him jumping on our show, friend of the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was just had such a great attitude, seemed like he was always a positive kind of dude. So, yeah, we absolutely wish him nothing but the best. For sure. And I remember one of the last practices that he had here, there was a, a kid that was at the practice interviewing players. D-Wash took like 15 minutes of his time after practice to answer. This kid had questions front and backside of a paper, answered all the questions, and then he played him in horse afterwards um, and let him win. So that was that was really cool. He was a quality human being, um, and hopefully he gets a good shot with the Knicks to show what he can do. Yeah. Uh, I'm just glad he landed with a coach that's very understanding and loves to Give young guys a, a chance and, and top tip. Oh, yeah. That's tough. <laughs> Jeez, Espo. <laughs> All right. And then last but not least, Espo's boy, Koran Dragic. He got away from the Bulls. You know what that means. Bring the dragon home, baby. <laughs> Give me dra- the dragon back here in Phoenix. Uh, he can be the third point guard, break glass in case of emergency. You don't need him to score. You just need him to distribute when you got this kind of, of an offense. And if you're not going to play Baisley anyways, give me a guy that might be able to do something in the playoffs if you know two of the guys that continually get injured ahead of him continue to get injured. Can, so. can, can I, can no, I, I don't want to hear any no, no, of no, your no, Goran no. Dragic slander. <laughs> I didn't say it was All Goran right, Dragic. I got to ask you this genuinely. Please do. You, Espo, you got to give me an honest answer. Okay. Do you genuinely think Goran Dragic will help or do you just like him because you like him as a person and you're just yeah. fond of him? Yes. The both. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, yes. I think... I would feel much better if this team had a break glass in case of emergency point guard. If you get into the playoffs and campaign or or Chris Paul get injured and I'm looking at you have to play Devin Booker extended minutes to the point, you might have to play Landry Shaman or Damian Lee at the point, I'd rather have a guy who's run offenses before and and knows how to distribute out there. I know he's shot terribly over the last two stops he's had, but I don't need a guy to come in and, and 
and be a scorer. I need a guy that can come in and run an offensive offense competently and not turn over the ball if I'm down to my third guy in the playoffs. Who would you rather have, Dragic or D. Rose? Dragic. Mostly I, because D. Rose hasn't been cut. So. Yeah, I would, I would rather have Dragic, but he's also 36. He hasn't. He hasn't been the same since that finals that he went to with Miami when he got hurt, like in the first or second game, whatever it was. Um, I would rather have Dragic just because of the storyline there. Um, but I, I, I don't, you, you have to cut somebody if you're going to pick up Dragic, which for me, I know Darius Baisley is the automatic candidate that you assume there, but it would be good to have some of his athleticism and defense off the bench if you need to go small with a small ball five. I think Kevin Durant fills that role better, but um, I, I just I, I think they're comfortable with their ball handlers at this point. How about this? You cut Shaman. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but cut. Matt Ishbia said, I'm rich, bitch. I don't <laughs> care about what money I'm spending. So. Yeah, they're, they're not cutting. Monty yeah. loves him too much. I, I just really wanted to get him rich, bitch. So. Um, so Who, Shaman? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Colt23 is trolling you here, but he said Drogic is going to the Mavs. If he went to the Mavs, would you feel some type of way? Yes. I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't feel some type of way like it was a sun slide or anything, but it would. I, well, I don't want to see that. No, I don't want to see anything help the, the Mavericks get any better in any way because uh, I don't want to see that. But Jared Dudley's there. That's his boy. Like I'm not going to I'm not gonna look at that and go, oh, he gave the finger to the Suns because – to be honest, Gordon has played with KD before too, and I don't know how that uh, how that is felt either. You know how those right. guys feel. So I just I'll have a soft spot for the guy, and I think he could be a guy that could run your offense without any worries that things are going to completely implode. Yeah, I don't blame you, Espo. A lot of us. I mean, I feel like everybody has a certain player that they have that kind of affinity for, where it's like you may not be the best fit, but we'll find a way to make it seem like you are. Because we love you so the, much. The, this was a guy that used to walk in and ask some of us how our families were doing. Mm -hmm. Like the year he he you know uh, won most improved player, he he was asking people that. Like so, yeah, I'm gonna have a soft spot for a guy like yeah. that. All right, we did get another super chat from Laking. Thank you so much, Laking. Said book really about to get the second best defender on him. Lord have mercy to the league. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Big facts. Uh, Laking, that's the perfect super chat. Thank you for that. To end the show because we're so excited for tomorrow to see how this all shapes out. Because remember when they put the second best defender for the Bucks on book? That didn't work out so well, did it, Jay Crowder? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to catch strays until you come back. I promise you that. <laughs> Who? Who's the second best defender in Charlotte? Michael Jordan? Oh, yeah, <laughs> maybe. You've <laughs> that sexy. All right. Well, we will see you guys tomorrow. Pre-game show starts at 4.30 p.m. And we're uh, we're so excited. So plan to come hang out with us then. Until we see you tomorrow, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And, of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. 25 hours till everything you've known as Let's a Phoenix fun. Suns fan changes. Ahoy, hoy. Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. BHNX, though. Lindsey, Gerald, Espo. Saul passed the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. Y'all always rep the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G. No plan B. Always on.